0: we are recording. What's up, guys? Good to see y'all. How's it going? What's up? It's been a while. Yeah. Why is it that one day it's one degree outside, one (laughs) degree Fahrenheit for our international listeners? listeners. And then yesterday it was 80 outside. It got up to
1: 80? It got up to 80. Yeah. Wow.
0: And then we spend all summer running our air conditioners here and we're still able to stay on the grid and and power is very consistent. And then we get three inches of snow and then we turn Texas into some dystopian future where maybe you get power, maybe you don't. Certain people, <laughs> they didn't lose any power. Others yes. were out for 50 hours. All sorts of runs on the grocery store and warming centers were created so people could go and warm up. And then those got cut power and it was crazy. It was, what a what a bizarre week.
2: Nothing like a nice warming center in the middle of a pandemic.
0: That's right. We were not able to record last week. <laughs> <laughs> Igor, I think you had it worse out of all of us. Yeah, your power was out for like extended time, right? Yeah.
2: I woke up Monday morning, just almost middle of the night to go to the restroom. And I'm like, boy, it's a little chilly in, in here. That's weird. And I walk to the restroom and I flip my light switch. And I'm like, wow, the light's not working. That's weird. And then I'm like, Something's off here. So I check my nest. I go to my nest. My nest is completely off. I open up my blinds and it's everywhere's it's dark. And I'm like, well, ah, but it's the middle of the night, you know. So then I pull up the news and it's like reports that intermittent power shutdowns and but they're only going to last 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, OK, no, no big deal. 15 minutes. I'll just go back to sleep and get an extra blanket. It was not 15 minutes. A spoiler alert.
0: We got really close to a full blackout, I think, like minutes or an hour. Away from which is seems really crazy to me.
1: But what's even more crazy is I didn't lose power at all
2: throughout all of it. I um, sat there in the dark, shivering cold, and cursed you, Charles. I was like, Oh, yeah, I bet yeah. he's warm and happy right now. And <laughs> somehow that makes it even worse. I don't know. I, no, I'm happy you didn't so, lose power.
0: That's that's awesome for our listeners that maybe care, maybe don't. Charles, you're in the process of moving. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that you lost power in either location? Were you just in one? the whole time. Like, how how did that work out for you?
1: Yeah. So, the apartment that I was leaving never lost power. And the house that I'm moving into never lost power either. So, oh, so you just, had a double win. Yeah. Wow. I stayed at my house Man. the whole time, but... Charles literally had two
0: places that were lit and warm. Walk. Thanks for the invite, buddy. <laughs> yes.
1: I'm just a terrible human being. I'm sorry.
0: That's not true. You were checking on your team and not you are right. very active. Yeah. So, I think we had a few people that had more consistent power and internet than others. And Mm -hmm. I do, I'm pretty proud of the job that everyone did, making sure people were okay and had food and regular check-ins and Slack was very active around, Hey, do you have surplus food? Could you get it to somebody if they need it? Regular communication. I thought it was a really well run from our company, from our people. It was all You know, very human, didn't overstep, but let everyone know that support was around. So I was really pleased.
1: Heartwarming stories of people taking other people in, you know, who really lost their home because the pipes burst and their living room was flooded and stuff like that. Yeah. Stories like that, unfortunately, get drowned out by the people pointing fingers about why the grid went out and stuff like that. And it's just, it's a shame that those human stories don't really get the attention that they deserve.
0: The heroes. yeah. yeah. So Igor, I didn't have it as bad as you. I somehow knew the power went out around 2 or 3. I think that the fan we had on in our room or something cut off and it woke me up and it would come off and on every 15 30 minutes which I thought was weird. And then when we woke up that Monday, we had no power and we were on a pretty consistent cycle from 8 or 9 hours of no power, no electricity straight and then 3 or 4 with electricity. And the way that it worked was we kept checking our fridge. We didn't have to throw any food out. So that was helpful. And then we have a gas stove. And so two of the nights we cooked dinner with no electricity. We just you can turn the gas on and then use a lighter to spark the flame. And then we were able to cook a meal. We had some candles, had a couple of flashlights, and largely what came out of it pretty unscathed. That I did miss the cutoffs in the morning to make coffee though. So that was a bit of a bummer. It's like power would be on at six AM and I'd go back to sleep and and then by the time 7.30 rolled around, (laughs) we wouldn't have any power and and then no coffee. Played outside a lot with the kids, threw some snowballs, made some makeshift sleds. So I do feel like we made the most of it. And then this week is just absolutely slammed with everyone's busy and all my meetings got transferred over. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking forward to the weekend for sure.
1: Igor, I I remember the story that you told Hmm. the first thing that you did when the power came back
2: on. Yes, it was a moment of celebration and I made a stack of crepes.
0: They looked really good. I'll <laughs> <They were awesome. laughs> put a link in the show notes.
2: <laughs> they they, they, they <laughs> tasted really good. And I never make crepes because they're a lot of trouble, like pouring them out and like watching them and just making sure. And each crepe takes a while. So it's a, and you make them one at a time. It's not if you have a griddle and pancakes and you can make six pancakes at the same time, you're making like these one after another. And I usually don't like to do it. And as a thank you for having power, I was like, I can finally make crepes. So mix those bad boys up and I was able to have crepes for the next six meals. So that was great. They were pretty good. Yeah, should have flown to Cancun. That was the real power move.
0: Yeah, we're going to leave that one alone. During
2: during the power (laughs) outage. I thought about it. I really did. It it came up, obviously, later on in the news. But before any of that... You thought
0: about migrating somewhere? Yeah, I was like, this apartment
2: is miserable. It's cold in here. I don't have any lights. I don't have any power. It's less trouble for me to drive to the airport from where I live to any of my kind of friends or family that were like saying, hey, come over and just stay with us or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I can just drive to the airport. It takes me less than 15 minutes. And I could be on a sunny beach drinking a margarita. And I don't think I would have felt bad about it. But I, the thought of going to Cancun definitely crossed my mind. Or, or really Cabo, not Cancun. Uh, I'm a Cabo fan.
0: We have family in El Paso and they're on the national grid. I didn't even know that was a thing. And I think they they were relatively fine. So we, we thought about trying to move to somewhere warmer, but. The way that it was here, I, it it didn't get bad enough to really have to force it, something invasive or or whatever. It's
2: over, so you don't really want to drive either. So that was the calculus: do I do I chill at home and put up with this stuff, or do I brave these roads for forty five minutes and hope nobody slams into me?
0: Yes, but we're all here. We the are following week. Amazing, and and like, shorts,
2: flip flops, <laughs> and tank tops yesterday. It was awesome. Yes,
0: yeah, that's right. So we are. At the very beginning of our um, Nine Lies About Work series, I feel like it's going very well. We had prepped for lie number two, which is what, Igor?
2: Lie number two is the best plan wins.
0: Which I was really excited, Mm -hmm. am really excited Mm -hmm. to talk about. We don't really have time today to do it justice, but I thought it would be good for us to get together and check in. It's good to see y'all and maybe we can pick up some of our questions from the internet round two. Maybe answer one or two of those, wrap up a short episode, and hit line number two, the best plan wins next week. Does that sound good to y'all?
2: Sound, sounds great. I, I feel bad for cool. Charles when we do that episode because uh, that seems like such a hard thing to attack. It's so obvious that Charles the best has, plan doesn't win.
0: You're in a more difficult situation for sure. We have the benefit of some of the reading the the chapter and getting the context and then having some time to think about it. Charles is coming in cold. Yeah. So
1: I'll, I'll be ready. I, I've got a couple of angles that I can use to attack it as needed. Excellent. Yeah. I, I have no okay. doubt you're going to bring the heat, so I'm, I'm excited. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, I am still really <laughs> sad that we don't have listener questions. We still have to take questions from the internet.
0: Hey, if you're listening, yeah. send us a question. Yeah. Hello at grab <laughs> Hello, uh, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah,
0: Email us anytime. Hello at com.
2: Or if you know us on LinkedIn, just send one of us a LinkedIn DM. True. And yep. we'll, we'll do that too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we have one question queued up from the internet. You ready? This is the one you can't escape, Charles. I think you tried to escape it last time, Mm, uh it's going to come back and get you. Yep. As a leader, what is your biggest professional weakness and how do you mitigate it?
1: Yeah, I do remember this one. Biggest professional weakness and how to mitigate. Is that right?
0: Yeah. What are things you do to mitigate that weakness?
1: I guess I'm going first, Igor.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I can go first. Yeah, I can edit I've out as much it. silence as we need. Uh, so. <laughs> I, I can go first. I
2: was like, I was like, which one of my many weaknesses should I talk about, or should I do? Should I do <laughs> a joke one, and that everyone always makes fun of, which is I'm just a perfectionist, and yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, I work I, too yeah. hard. I, I, care, yeah, too I care too much. I work <laughs> too hard. Igor just touched on a meta weakness, which is a collection of weaknesses <laughs> yes. that can yes. all overcome at once. Yes. Yeah.
2: I think the weakness that I struggle with the most maybe that's the one that I'll go with, the one that I think really gets me, maybe not into trouble, but really makes me not as effective as I should be. And that is the weakness of just getting bored of things more quickly than I should be. And unmitigated, that can develop a perception and a reputation of somebody that has no follow-through. You start an initiative, you get all excited about it, And then it fizzles out because you're just like moving on to do something else. And so that's something that I definitely struggle with and I still struggle with it. And the mitigations for me is actually temper my excitement at the beginning because I feel like I only have so much burn on anything. And so what will happen is I'll usually burn too bright, too much at the beginning, and I won't have any left to get it to the point where I need to get it so I can hand it over. And what I've been doing is I've been like, okay, It doesn't need 200% Igor right now. Just give it enough to get started and then you can sustain some of that energy for longer, but always looking for somebody else to take that thing over because I I know it's going to not be sustainable for me, but some people love running things. I love starting things and I think I'm okay at it. Some people are really good at running things. And they, they're not inspired to start things. And so for me, partnering with the right person, bringing them in, and then letting them run it is one of my mitigation strategies. Does that make sense? Do y'all experience that at all? Yeah, which
0: is delegation, right? So y- you have to go into something new with your succession plan already in place and know who's going to take it over and work with them from the beginning to make sure that happens so that you can get the timing, you don't get bored, and then there's a gap between you trying to hand it off to somebody and that's just a weird limbo zone where things can go really wrong for you. Yeah,
2: yeah, it, and it doesn't feel like, hey, this person is just dropping this stuff on me. Because if you're intentional about it from the beginning, you can do that knowledge transfer throughout the whole process. Man, and that Igor, them.
0: that's such a good point. That's that's a really good point where even like delegation is such a healthy thing, right? It, it gives a learning opportunity to somebody maybe a little more junior, something's already baked so you can have them hit the ground running, freeze up time and space for you to work on other things. And you go take a delegation, item a delegated item from who you report to. But I, I have always thought about, I sometimes I feel like I am dumping something on that I don't want, especially if you're bored with it or you're going to get bored with it. You you have that feeling of, I'm just dumping this thing on you that I, that I don't want to do because I don't like it. And that doesn't seem fair. And so you actually mitigate that as well, which is a huge... Potential downside or risk for delegation by bringing people in early and letting them know up front. I'm assuming that this is the the plan for them to run it once it's stable.
2: yeah, and this is this actually we had a conversation about this. You probably don't remember it, Robert, but this was a little bit over a year ago. I was taking over for one of our kind of functional areas with our client, and I asked you about how much of this is about empowering somebody else or how much of it is around me doing it, and you were very clear about, hey, it's going to be much better if this whole thing is about empowering this other person. And I said, great. And so from the very beginning, when I started that thing, very excited about it, but it was very much, hey, let's do this together. And actually that person who's you know accountable for that has now changed probably twice. But that's okay, because every time it's been like, hey, let's do this together. And, and it's not me doing it and then dumping it. It's almost me like still really excited about it, giving it a lot of energy. But like supporting and advising rather than charging the hill myself and asking others to follow.
0: Delegation is your friend. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Excellent.
2: All right, I'll go next.
0: Charles, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. You look ready.
1: Yeah. Biggest professional weakness. I mean, scratch that. Probably biggest weakness in general is uh, procrastination. And so just putting off work that I know that I need to do until the last possible minute or... I procrastinate to the point where I just don't ever do it, period. Because a lot of times what I work on now, it's not really being asked. I'm not asked to do it. This is something more that I've identified that I want to do. And part of what I love about my job is I have the autonomy to focus on things that I want to focus on. But even in that situation, procrastination is the thing that will drag me down and slow me down from accomplishing goals and making progress and you know delivering value in areas that I know I can and I want to. And that, that has been a lifelong thing for me. Like, Igor, I don't know if for you, this whole, hey, starting strong and then fizzling out, if that's a lifelong thing for you. But procrastination has been, it's core to who I am. <laughs> it's some sort of coping strategy. To it, it's, it's a, it is a coping strategy, I will say. I think there are some things that I'm afraid to do because I don't know in advance that I can do it well. And so therefore I refuse to start because as soon as I start, I'll find out that I can't do it well, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're even
2: less likely to do it well because you've yeah. worked
1: yourself into a, a corner mm-hmm. that has a vicious short fuse. Uh, yep. Yeah, vicious cycle. Yeah. It's a, and a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's other reasons why I procrastinate. It's easy to procrastinate on things that I don't enjoy doing, that don't give me a lot of energy, but I have to do for whatever reason, because it's my responsibility to do and mine alone. Like it's something I can't delegate. But I think the mitigation strategy is the same. And it's really around setting intermediate deadlines and gaining accountability support from others. And so maybe there's a theme here, Igor, right? To overcome or to mitigate your weakness, you engage others through delegation. I mitigate my weakness of procrastination by asking others to hold me accountable. And so there's this theme here of, hey, mitigation involves getting help from others. And I'm very open when I ask people to hold me accountable as to why. And if I'm asking you to meet with me at this day and time to talk about this thing because I need some help making progress on this thinking because I have this other deadline a week later. (laughs) If I make a deadline for myself and block off time on my calendar to work on it by myself, I oftentimes won't do it. But if I say, nope, I'm going to have an interim checkpoint with you on this day and time, I am very likely to hold to that and it will force me to to do the work. And so I use it. I, I don't try to avoid it because even then I'm procrastinating, but I'm procrastinating for shorter amounts of time, if that makes sense. It's like I, now I'm waiting until the last possible minute before the interim checkpoint to do some work as opposed to waiting until the final deliverable is due and, and trying to do it. Right. So it's like, I still procrastinate. I've just, I've learned to mitigate by taking it in in bite-sized chunks and asking for others to help me to stick to those bite-sized chunks. Does that make sense? Agile procrastination. Uh, They're two really good. So what was
0: that? Agile procrastination. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, you have, so I, I know you personally don't like letting other humans down. So putting yourself in a position when you have some good presence of mind to know that future you will be procrastinating and and putting someone in in place so you don't let them down, I think is really smart for you. And then if you're going to procrastinate, like if you're always waiting till the last three days to do something and you have a a big rock waiting until three days before the big rock is due, like it's not really going to, you don't have enough calendar time to close that gap. But if you break the big rock into six small rocks and you wait three days before each one Mm -hmm. of those is due, then you have 18 days to work on instead of three but it's the same experience each time yeah i think that's yeah. really good smart what i
1: have found is that it is beyond just the hey i actually produce better work product doing that because right? i actually have somebody else to bounce ideas off of. there's a lot of goodness in, from that but it also removes a lot of psychic weight we, we talked a little bit about this mental burden that you feel when you don't When you know that you have stuff to do, but you don't have it in a trusted system, same same sort of thing. I know I've got this big thing that I need to prep for, but I also know that I have time on the calendar with to work on it, so I can let it go. So I, I don't have to carry that with me up until right when it's due, and that there's a lot of freedom in in. So that is part of my trusted system. It's like, all right, I got this thing. I want it to be done here. What's the mid checkpoint, and who am I going to you know talk to and ask to get some. Feedback and advice and accountability. And uh, that often works out best for everybody, I find, because those people that I, I pull in, they enjoy right, bouncing ideas off of me and contributing too. And so it becomes a joint thing as opposed to me alone. And uh, I think
2: there's a lot of goodness in that. You mentioned something, Charles, about yeah, our, like, really good. similarities in our mitigation strategies. And I think it's a good point because also for both of us, it sounds like these you know, weaknesses and challenges are like, at the core of our being. Because the same getting bored too quickly is present in my personal life and in my professional life. And, it's, I've al- and I have always been like that. You asked that question. And I have always been like that in, in all sort of facets. And when something is that core, it's not often useful to hear somebody saying, just be different. Just stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Just stop yeah. procrastinating, Charles. What's oh, the big right. deal? Yeah. Or just uh, keep more interest, Igor. I can do it. Why can't you do it? Right? Just work harder, and a lot of times that's it's just not helpful, and it's not. I'm not going to say it's not possible. It's just not plausible, maybe. And so, I think we both found a strategy that's external that helps us cope uh, with these things that we can still succeed and not have to, you know, completely change who we are at our core. So, yeah. uh, at least that's what it made me think of, Charles. You're right. Yeah.
0: Nice. So I'll continue on the theme. My Biggest professional weakness is I'm not detail oriented by probably two standard deviations, and so it's definitely gotten me in trouble in the past. And so that works out from a mitigation standpoint two ways. From when when we look at the team being delivering software for my whole career, there's a good amount of planning and analysis, and so we have to plan quarters at a time. At times, we're bidding on projects that if we run late, like we're contractually obligated to to deliver a certain amount of functionality by a certain date with a certain team and if that doesn't happen due to a, a planning issue then we're on the hook for that and there's some pretty dire consequences career wise if you know plans don't go well and so on the team my approach has always been to one be open about that and then two surround myself with people who are good at planning and so if if I'm a lot of that stuff now I can delegate before I just had to pretty much confirm get a second pair of eyes on what I was doing to make sure I wasn't missing anything big. And so that's a big part of of career success. Leadership success is surrounding yourself with people who are good at the things that you're not. And you want to be the dumbest person on the team, right? And you want everyone around you to be better and smarter than you. So that's been a helpful thing for me career-wise. Personally, though, stuff just falls through the cracks. Like I just have to be very diligent about OmniFocus, getting my tasks in, I joked about this before, but I'm serious. If if something pops into my head that says, Hey, buy cat food, I'll put it in OmniFocus. And I don't have a cat. There's no reason for me to buy cat food, but I, I got to get it out of my head. And I have to have that practice of when something pops into yep. my head, like that habit That's has to be
1: crazy, dude. Ingrained. Really? Yeah. Oh, man.
0: Yeah. Because if you mm. can't break habits, man, if you start breaking your habit and then it falls off, like all of that hard won effort to, get to the point where when something pops into my head, I'll pull out my phone, like a very quick entry in OmniFocus, and I'll have hundreds of things to triage. And there may be 10 in there that actually need to be done, but I can get through it quickly. And now stuff just doesn't fall through the cracks. And so I was getting feedback on my reviews. Hey, you seem disinterested or things are falling through the cracks. No one knows if you're like, if you do it, it goes well, but no one knows if your eye is on that particular ball. To you know hey you're a you're a safe pair of hands to to give stuff to, and that is a relentless focus on making sure that i'm I'm capturing everything that is on my plate. I can triage it later, and that way nothing falls through the cracks. And so if there's a team focus surrounding myself with a group of people who are good at the things I'm not who are smarter than me, personal focus, just make sure everything gets in a trusted system so that I don't miss anything major.
1: Robert, do you see the detail orientation and the falling through the cracks? Are they one of the same, two sides of the same coin? Or are they different to you? I, I didn't quite understand if you were saying those are related or separate.
0: I think they're related. I also just might be forgetful and not detail oriented. But a lot of the time when something is on my plate and I put the task in focus, the task is not to do that thing. The task might be to plan that thing out. And so it gives me time and space. Like one thing may blow out into 10 tasks or two projects. And so I I do think there's a level of giving me time and space to think things through and not trying to balance it all in my head. There's a difference between like analysis and planning. Like the sequential linear, this comes after that. Here's the three-month plan. All the risks are mitigated with, hey, here's a really difficult problem or issue, which like when I was doing software engineering full-time, my biggest thing, the thing I was strongest at was like fixing defects, going and figuring out what's wrong, sorting it out, fixing it, making the code around me better than I found it. That's a highly analytical endeavor. But even then I, I couldn't have too many tabs open. Like I had to be pretty, pretty focused on stuff. Cause I, if I start, if it starts getting branched out too much, I think my, my brain just shuts off or something for some reason, some kind of defect somewhere, but I think those two things really helped me mitigate it, writing everything down so I don't forget and surrounding myself with people who are detail-oriented. So the moral of the story, regardless of your weakness, is surround yourself with people who are smarter and better than you. That was a common theme for the three of us. And so it really is a great thing. Yeah, you have the Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen duo. And when you're in an area of strength, then you can take lead and let your strength shine and your weaknesses are mitigated, and then and vice versa. There's a lot of really healthy dynamics you, that you go know into the, that.
1: You're making me think of something, though, that I think we, we take for granted just given our culture and our, our company, though. Doing what you all are describing requires a lot of trust in the other person, and we have that in spades at our company. There's, there's not a single person that I don't have trust in Right. To be able to go up to and say, hey, look, I'm weak in this area. You're strong in this area. Let's help each other out. And and that be met with enthusiasm and support and encouragement. Other places, people may not have that luxury and that privilege of being able to trust in their teammates and and in their boss. And that that just dawned on me. It's like I sometimes forget that I think we're in a pretty special place and that it, it may not be as easy as it sounds like, hey, go find somebody to partner up with who compliments you. In the real world, that person may end up stabbing you in the back.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, that's happened mm. in the past. Yeah. History is full yeah. of, of people in in that yeah. situation. I will say that goes right back into lie one in our series, right? it It is less to do with the name of the company we work for or any of the benefits that we have. It's the individual teams that we're on. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that credit can be shared and you don't see any backstabbing and there's a high degree of trust. That's the kind of thing that, keeps people around places for a really long time. And and so maybe if you're looking around and you don't see that around you, it might be time for a change. All right, guys, we're a little bit over. It was great seeing you. I'm so glad you're all happy, healthy, warm. Everyone's lights are on. Internet is up. Pipes are hmm. flowing fresh, yeah. clean water. So congratulations on that. And we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. All right. Bye. That's it for today. Thanks for joining, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at One Grab Coffee or drop us a line at hello at wantagrabcoffee.com.